0: Let's get lost in Jersey with Rachel and Jeanette, a podcast where we talk about life just outside New York City.
1: Let's get started. Hi, Rachel. Hey, Jeanette. I'm excited for today. We have an amazing interview. Yes, with our best friend. Yes. Um, But before that, I thought it was funny because. I actually saw on Instagram because I follow Janet Jackson Mm -hmm. because I am obsessed with her and I have been since I was young Mm -hmm. um, that she, I saw this video where she was at Broadway Dance Center in New York City and she was like watching this dance class and then she came in and then she said, would one of you like to be performing with me when I'm back here on my tour at Madison Square Garden? And I was so jealous and so upset. <laughs> like you wanted
0: to, you you felt like that was something that you were like a candidate for that you just well, had, so, you weren't, yeah. weren't, weren't there. You just weren't there
1: at Clearly, the right time. I miss, yeah, I missed out. Um, was at the wrong place at the wrong time by being on my couch with my dog <laughs> scrolling through in, Instagram. But no like that was my dream job as a probably from my i must say 16 years old till 25 to be a backup dancer for janet jackson specifically
0: i I like that you pick the right person because i mean her choreography i think is probably it's it was amazing it was the gold gold standard yeah yeah like
1: i would i would tape when she was on the mtv video awards i would mm-hmm. sit there with my finger on the record button for the vcr at home and wait until her, she, her performance was about to come on then hit record and then i would copy every move and replay over and over and over until i memorized every piece of choreo she did
0: well you have to think right so there's like Cool and the Gang and the Jackson 5 that all started that really great. And, of course, there's a ton of other, you know, 50s bands that did that choreography. But then when Michael came in and did his with Thriller, or whatever, and all that yes. stuff. And then Janet came in with Rhythm Nation.
1: Oh, oh my, my God. God. Oh, my, oh God. my God. I mean, it was so amazing and inspiring. And I, I it was that. Plus, I don't know if you watched it, but I'm a self-taught dancer. <laughs> yeah, you you're, you're a good learned, dancer. You're no, good but dancer. I learned from watching Solid Gold. Yeah, well, I, I like, like really, yeah. I would stand in front of the TV and teach myself what they were doing. I, it's embarrassing, but there it is. And then thought, okay, I'm going to audition for kick line because I'm going to learn how to do oh, it. Oh, Yes, you were kick yeah. line. It's <laughs> always a very funny story every time. But yep. um, Solid Gold was amazing, and then. Sometimes the Lawrence Welk show would have like a dancer. Okay, that's, Did you?
0: Oh uh, no! no. <laughs> that that that's like some other. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even. I mean, yes. I, I'm not like. No. Whatever. You're I mean, like, yes. No. I don't remember. I never. I never watched the Lawrence Welk show. That's just all I'm saying. Is that okay. I? I feel like. I lost you there. No, I mean no. I mean I'm sure it was amazing. I'm sure it was amazing. It wasn't always because it's famous. famous. It's famous, right? Well, God,
1: I loved any kind of variety show. I mean, Carol Burnett, like any variety show that had dancing and singing and yeah, comedy and acting. Okay, wait.
0: The problem (laughs) me growing up in Texas, and I don't know whether this was neck, you know, in your neck of the woods at the time. So we're relatively the same age. So. You know, there wasn't a lot of going on on the weekend on TV, and right. so where where I grew up, it was like
2: hee-haw
0: and um. <laughs> the uh, what is it the the thing that's in Tennessee in in Nashville, like the uh, grand old Opry would be on all day. Oh wow, we didn't have that, and I okay. wasn't I, yeah, I didn't like it at all. I didn't like that kind of music or entertainment, that variety show of that. So I would watch old movies all day.
1: Oh, that, well, and was what the, was Hee Haw like? I don't think we had Hee Haw up in Long Island. <laughs>
0: that's so, it's, Hee Haw was,
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> I
0: don't know, it's like, it was just a show where, you know, they had sketch comedy, and country uh, le- music legends now would be on it, and they would, you know, sit in front of a fence on with, Hey, and like, in you know, and tell a funny joke. And then you're like, cut away. It was like the share show or whatever. We cut away to, you know, another country. thing. Anyway, it was just I a thing. It. And a lot of people remember it. And, it, but yeah, that was the Texas thing. But this is really crazy that you're talking about this right now, because I have been meaning to talk to you about something that happened yesterday morning so we were talking about the Super Bowl, Roger and I, about ah. who was that Rihanna is going to be the halftime show, and I was like, yeah. I like, I like Rihanna. She always has these mega hit songs that you know you remember. So he was like, you know who would be the person that we need to get it is they need to get that everyone would be interested to watch is Britney Spears, right? <laughs> and I was like, you're absolutely right. Just because, just because, well, right? Just because of news and everything else. Just because, yes. right? Just yeah. because, yeah. So Roger Fowler He was like a really big free Britney person. Oh you know, yeah, right, one hundred percent. Me too. Yeah. But but we all were kind of like, I don't know. Oh, well, <laughs> did you, know? guys see, mean, you guys saw Britney in Vegas? Yeah, we did. She was and amazing. She I was, know. Uh, I was so jealous. She's honestly, she is amazing in concert. But okay, aside from that though, just I know, it, cut I cut know. The, the chase. Is that so? Roger follows her on Instagram and I was like, you know, I I know her on Instagram. There's a you know, it's a lot to like piece together, lot. right? You're like, mm-hmm. huh mm-hmm, huh, okay, I support you, but maybe that's a little odd, but she does a lot of spinning, right? She's she spin- a lot of spinning. She, she does <laughs> she is a spinner. So I was like, yes, and so I was like, you know, she could spin. And I decided to, while I was getting my coffee talking to him, do a spin like britney does oh oh oh, oh. i wish
1: i was there so badly
0: (laughs) okay the the problem with that is i don't know rachel i know you're a dancer and all that kind of stuff but i i was sick after one
1: twirl okay (laughs) (laughs) okay so um i was like what this takes some skill it takes a lot of skill because you probably didn't spot you know, where you have to keep your eye on this, you know, a spot, a spot. Don't give me the look. Mm-hmm. But B, if you don't spin all the time and you're our age, it's like getting on a roller coaster that oh, never used exactly. to you nauseous. And then it's all of a so- sudden you're so sick to your stomach.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. That's so true and it's so upsetting because I remember so I, I think a Modern Family episode was where the dad that has fun <laughs> yeah. was so excited to go to, on the yes. roller coaster and I had the exact experience that he had. I was like, "Let's get on the scariest one." Oh my gosh. I am like a roller coaster like master. Me too. And it was the last time I got on. I yeah. was like, I wow. talked such
1: a big game to my kids. I was like, "We." I I went on in, at Adventureland in yeah. Long Island in high school. I won the contest where I went on. I forgot what it's called now, but I'll think about it. This one rinky dink, you know, roller coaster 17 times in a row. <laughs> and I'm like, I got you guys beat. And then we all went on and I thought I was going to hurl. And they're like, oh my God. what was that, mom? You thought you could do this?
0: It seriously, it really shows you it is really something is going on. It's humbling. It's humbling. God, I mean, I I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. But the last two roller coasters that I got on with my oldest son is two years ago, I think in San Antonio. I really and truly, it took me forever to recover. Yeah, it's like a good 24 hours. It's like your brain must not be attached as well as it used to be.
1: Yeah, it slips around in there too easily now. It's like shrinking. (laughs) It's too much fluid. It's terrible. So, okay, back to
0: the person that we interviewed. Yes, who was
1: also on Kickline, by the
0: way. Yes, that's right. She was on (laughs) Kickline. She was on Kickline. So we had a wonderful conversation with her and she is our first interview. And it went just so wonderfully. And it was so nice to talk to her about what is so important to her, her field of photography. And she really...
1: And, And her name is Shonda Hall. Mm-hmm. So just so I mean, you're going to know from the show notes um, yeah. and the episode, but it was it was so amazing to talk to her in this way and not just like, you know, at a coffee shop or on the phone or out. And well, about. It was the, the
0: focus is on her for this podcast is it really highlights how someone, a New Yorker comes to a suburb in New Jersey in Montclair and still has the attachment to the city that lives just outside of new york city like the you know she lives just outside you know it's just an interesting interview of how she has you know grown in her career in her art
1: yes and anything we could do to highlight her work and have more people become aware of what she does and follow her and appreciate her art the better yep and we'll have that information on the instagram we hope you guys enjoy our interview with shonda hall (laughs)
2: <laughs> Hi Shonda Hall. Hi. Phil <laughs> and Janet. Thank you for having me. We're, we're so happy, happy you're to,
0: here. <laughs> we're so happy to have you as our first guest. And um we're really excited to share who you are and how we know you um on this uh Lost in Jersey um episode. Mm-hmm. Uh so first of all, um where where did you and Rachel know know each other from? From where did you <laughs> first become <laughs>
2: acquainted? Rachel and I were fixed up. Yep. You we were, were set we were up. Fixed up? We were mm-hmm. set up by my husband who met Rachel and her daughter at a music for artworks class in Cobble Hill, <laughs> Brooklyn. And they would see each other once a week.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: Rachel he, he just got this feeling that she and I would get along really well and he was totally right um I also happened to run into Rachel's mom at the park one day and yes. we were you chatting know? and the girls knew each other for music for aardvarks mm-hmm.
1: and-, and didn't my mom give you my phone number I don't
2: remember if she did. She probably did. No, I think she did. Probably. That's so weird. So
0: you're destined to be. Yeah. uh So
2: we were set up by two different people. Basically, we were forced together and then we got together. I went over to Rachel's apartment one day with, with, with Sky, my daughter, and we just had so many things in common. We couldn't uh-huh. believe it. It was We just crazy. kept talking
1: and talking and it was so much fun. I was so relieved because I had really no friends um, and I was just so happy. I was like, oh, my gosh, every I just could calm down. I was like, all right, this is going to be good. I'm going to well, make it.
2: <laughs> where, where were you guys living before you lived in Cobble Hill? I lived in Brooklyn Heights and then Cobble Hill um, and yeah, you post-college. College um
1: i was well i was post-college i was in the in manhattan for a bit in the upper west side west village then carroll gardens then cobble hill okay so now you guys are there and you met each other
0: and then uh shonda you you left what what made you leave
1: yeah. Um they were, were and yeah. I cried. Really? You guys said like an emotional
2: goodbye. Oh, it was hard. Yeah. Rachel, Rachel <laughs> and my mom were both very upset with us leaving <laughs> Brooklyn. But what happened was our landlord raised the rent substantially. And um uh, we had moved from an apartment with a with a balcony to another apartment. And the landlord had said he was building a a roof access for us, uh, for the whole building. And we were, once you have that outdoor space in the city, it's really hard to give it up. Um, so we, we had that, the rent was raised, the, uh, the bakery next door chopped down this beautiful poplar tree that was outside my window that, that really sent me like that was devastating because you know a tree in Brooklyn that was 40 feet tall and they just chopped book. it down to make room for their for their little uh, backyard patio uh so all those things sort of happened at the same time we were dealing with preschool in Brooklyn which oh my is my gosh expensive and competitive <laughs> and stressful and we started hearing about Montclair over and over like from various sources throughout that that time period but so, okay okay,
0: pause right there. So yep. when you start to hear somebody suggesting that you're gonna move from the mighty New York <laughs> to New Jersey, aren't you just like there's just like, you're like, no, immediately, but then you're starting to be slightly open to the idea slowly, slowly. Is that Yeah,
2: I was already biased against New Jersey because I'm from Long Island. That's, that's so. right. <laughs> that's yeah. what we have in common. Okay, Long Island. So, okay. You guys, I,
0: I, because I, okay, I just, I have to say this early on. I always felt like Long Island was just like New Jersey. Like, I have the it, same, per, I have the it same
2: is. perception. And right, did, but it, having grown up and yes. I grew up in, in Southampton on Long Island, which is the Hamptons, but I was a local.
0: And you had <laughs> a particular job that we won't go into because of you can't really talk a lot about it because of contracts. And stuff, but who was the person you worked for?
2: After college, I was Gwyneth Paltrow's personal assistant. Hi, Gwyneth. Um, <laughs> uh, she's awesome. If you if you're going to have that job that yeah. she's a good one to have for that job. Um yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And
2: you know, she was she was good to me and my hours were decent and she respected my time and my life and I will always be grateful for that. No, when yeah. have- um, but it, it's one of those jobs where if you could hire someone to do all the stuff every day that you don't want to do or you can't do like the busy work. Um I want that. <laughs> Some people like doing those things and that's great, but I don't. I really don't. I really, really, really don't. Yeah. So it was a tough, it was a tough one for me. Yeah. So in that well, regard. It was just it, the nature of the job, wasn't it? It's good always business.
0: a fun little trivia, little extra, like, oh,
2: you did that. Yes. That's, yes. And, and I worked for her during the Brad Pitt years. And and yeah, you've exactly. been so <laughs>
0: it's one of the things that's really frustrating, right, Rachel? She won't tell us anything.
2: I yeah. won't tell you anything. Yeah, no, I, I think when it probably love that I've never, I've her. never spilled the beans, about anything. You have but That's what I love. I, I think that says so much about Shonda as a person. I don't love it at all. <laughs> I, I want to. <laughs> I'm a Okay, and I, I, you know, I like to honor what I said I was gonna
1: do. So yep, yeah. that's us in a nutshell, Jeanette. Jeanette's like pissed, and she wants the dirt, <laughs> and I'm like, that makes Shonda so amazing. So
0: sweet, <laughs> you're such a good person. <laughs> All right. Okay. So okay. But fast forward, for
1: Jeanette. You have to understand when you're from Strong Island. New Jersey is like no, you're never yeah. gonna
2: move. There. Like so, okay, people okay. in my town yell at the people in Southampton. Would yell at the people with Jersey plates. plates. Go back to Jersey. Yep. Go and, back to Jersey. Yeah, crazy like Jersey that. drivers. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. Yeah. So there was there was a bias. Thing. Um, but the commute to Long Island is is so much. It, it would be a tougher, a tougher commute for my husband who works in the city most of the time, and you yeah, know, we didn't know this place existed. So mm-hmm, we started mm-hmm. hearing about it from all different sources. So it felt like a sign, even though I'm usually not a sign kind of person. I, I did feel like, all right, maybe this is worth looking into. We're hearing it from so many different directions and I'd never even heard of it before. Or maybe it was just that I had, but I was receptive to it at that moment. So yeah. we started looking into it and we came for a visit and then it was one of those like, huh, like I could. I could kind of picture it and we could get an entire house for less than the rent we would be paying for a, an apartment, <laughs> apartment in Brooklyn. So that was a huge thing. And also the other, there were, there were other factors related to the kids that made me make the move. Um, we had toured a elementary school in Brooklyn and they told us on the tour, they said they were talking about how the arts programs were getting cut. Oh, right. And they said, if you want your kids to be able to experience the arts in school, just know that they're not going to get that. They're going to get maybe one art per year. It's going to be music or art, and they're only going to get one, if at all. So that was a big factor for us. Mm -hmm. And also, I was just nervous about the New York City school systems, period, like the lotteries. And what if the kid doesn't get in what if you're, one kid gets into one school in one neighborhood and the other one's in another school in another neighborhood, which happened to some of my friends. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was a lot. It was a lot. So this just seemed simple and easy. They valued the art.
1: So like there's a
2: museum it. in our town. There's now there's even more stuff. So like there's a the jazz festival. Yeah. It and keeps pride growing. Festival. But, but I yeah.
1: think the changes recently for having all the like the Pride Festival, the um, mm-hmm. Jazz Festival, the Film Festival, and like the Literary Festival, like everybody that loves all that makes, stuff. It yeah. makes sense, like it all of it makes sense for our town, especially.
0: So, shonda now that you're here in Montclair, and you mm-hmm. you meet, uh, you tell Rachel to come over, and then Rachel <laughs> comes over, <laughs> and then you you had like a lot of nice parties at your first apartment, your first house that you guys were renting, and that's yep. when I met rachel is it one of your um barbecues (laughs) and then we discovered ridiculous that (laughs) that, you know we had fought over the same apartment in brooklyn not knowing each other she won i didn't i moved to brook and moved to montclair it wasn't a good win yeah (laughs) it wasn't a good win but so we become friends and one of the things that we have a lot in common is um is the arts. Mm-hmm. And I love that you are a photographer. And one of the things that I think is always interesting about you is that you have such a connection to the city still, because mm-hmm. you all your photography that you do is of the city. Like you've said this, we've it, during <laughs> like periods where it's hard to get into the city, that you aren't drawn to necessarily
2: photograph. New Jersey. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> so you live here, but you do all the photography in the city. What is it? I do about?
2: most of the photography in the city. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I didn't start off as a photographer. That's something that developed when my kids were little. Um, I went to college, I studied art semiotics at Brown University can you explain what can you're gonna need to explain uh, art semiotics uh, I know sorry uh, semiotics is kind of like like the study of signs and symbols and how meaning is created in Uh, a culture my concentration was filmmaking so it was it was filmmaking with that kind of background so you you're thinking about what kind of symbolism you're using and what these signifiers mean in the use of your in your film when you use it in your film that's so, fascinating. I love so that. Cool. I want to go so back and do So I, I did visual art stuff and made like kind of experimental films, I guess you would call them, not right. not straightforward narratives or anything. Um, but I kind of lost my way um, when we moved to the city. You, know, you get a job in film, and you're a you're a PA, you're a a gopher, so yep. you're not you're not you're exposed to things. You're exposed to that kind of creativity happening, but we moved here in the nineties when it was like the indie film time, but you could mm-hmm. to work on an indie film, you were basically working for free, yes, <laughs> so to make a living, you had to get a job on something like a, something that paid so you could pay your rent, so that kind of just got me off track for my own artistic. Well, and Stop. then your
0: husband Alex—he kind of took over the film part of you guys. Yeah, like we both we both
2: came from the same. Like we came from we, we met in film class. Literally, we made our first film together.
0: <laughs> well, which which is really common, I think, with all of us is that when, especially as mothers, you know, we come here, we have a career, we have something we're doing, or you know. Uh, some, you know, strong interest, but then we have kids and you right. kind of things get a little harder to put that type of energy into that. You have, you have to put energy into the, your children.
1: Yeah. And somebody,
0: you know, kind of takes the lead in the, the career zone, right. like what happens to all of us, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And, and I think, it's an interesting. We can talk about Alex a little too. Is that he? He's a fascinating individual as well. Your husband, who is a
2: um,
0: what is he doing right now? Tell us a little bit about. Alex. He, he
2: is a uh, he's a producer and director on Law and Order, yeah. like the the traditional regular. Uh, what do we call it? Classic Law and Order, OG Law and Order. I think oh, they call it. I like that. Yeah. they brought it back last year and he works really long hours yeah. for many months at a time and it's really intense and we just made the decision you know a long time ago that me staying home with the kids was gonna work for us mm-hmm. like I figured whatever job I had that I I didn't have something that I was super passionate about that I needed to go after Um, so it made more sense for me to stay home with the kids rather than have a job in order to pay for childcare. <laughs> I mm-hmm. figured the amount that I would make would be equal to the childcare we would spend. So yeah, yeah no, it's so that's so a I made common that problem,
1: especially it, in this area where it's a salary, it's, it's a salary, it's,
0: it's a mm-hmm. salary you know, right. like, you know, so you have to think about that. So that right.
2: that is a that is the issue. And I also thought that I would be doing my art on the side. <laughs> so that right. I part love that. That didn't exactly work <laughs> out in my head, but now that I look back, it kind of did. Yeah. Uh I had my husband gave me a digital camera, I think at some point before the kids were born, but I didn't really use it much um initially. I I was doing some painting, oil painting at the time that I was I was doing oil paints from photographs I took off a video screen from college. <laughs> so <laughs> so cool. I sort of went back to my college stuff to get into the painting and I liked it and I was good at it. But oil painting and children don't really go that well together. <laughs> <laughs> at least not little kids. It's you know there's fumes, there's mess. Uh, the, the, we had very extreme spatial limitations when we were in the city. So that just kind of fell by the wayside. Um, yeah. But getting the digital camera where you could just play and take pictures without having to pay to process the film uh, made a huge difference. And I just started taking pictures of my kids, mostly. Um, and that evolved... Over time into taking pictures when they started school, I started volunteering for things, <laughs> taking pictures of school events and you know, pictures for the school yearbooks and things like that. And then that that uh, turned into some jobs around town, taking pictures for a and for um, for the Montclair Public Library And so, I
1: mean, we're very lucky to be um, recipients of your gorgeous photography (laughs) of our children. We would just be hanging out and you would send a picture from the day. And I would say, holy, I mean, it's not just a picture that you would take of your kids. It's art and it's it's breathtaking. You capture the essence of our kids. I can look through all of I feel so grateful that I could look through (laughs) my kids lives and see them through your eyes from when they were so little it's the best it's a gift it's no, a it was strength.
2: an honor and a privilege and i'm not just saying that like i i i do take the photos with a lot of love and affection yes. for my subjects and and you know uh, i think i was really conscious of how fast time was going by and i just wanted i had this impulse to document Um, But I'm also realizing now it wasn't just that it was, it was an artistic outlet for me. And it gave me something like even on the worst day, like I could manage to take a picture. Um, So I had that. It was a new thing for
1: me. Did that inform your the way like how you would frame the kids at like a party or even, you know, just playing in the yard? Did it inform how you would maybe frame when you go out on the street in the city and frame certain shots or what you look for? So
2: I think I'm just naturally drawn to people and the and the story, storytelling, mm-hmm. because like I said, I started off with with filmmaking and I'm interested in story and people's stories and what they're what's going on behind the the story that you might make up in your head for the person in the photo. Well, so I try it, to convey something more through the photo than just like a snapshot of a person. Like what's going on? I like, I like the in-between moments. I don't like the the pose photos. That yes. is one thing. That's one thing that I think you're responding to is most of the photos of your kids were not pose photos. No. So it was them doing their thing. Just so you be, have They a, were lost in their
1: moment and you right. caught it.
2: On Instagram,
1: you have an
0: evolution of that exactly showing where you in the earlier period doing photography of your daughters and your kind of like intimate family is more there. And then you start to see it become more city based, you know. Uh, And also, I think what's interesting is that now knowing what you studied in college, I'm wondering whether all your photos are a story. But there's also symbolism throughout them that is not, you're not like, you know, nobody's putting in there, putting it in there to make a statement as they would in a film or, you know, like they're not overtly like putting something in there. But there is this symbolism all around people. Like I saw a photo that you put up the other day of a guy that was sitting at a standing, he was holding a stuffed shark. And he mm-hmm. had like a skirt on mm-hmm. and he's like waiting and he's at a sign and it has a sign above him that says do not no standing you know here and he's in the middle of doing something but nobody's really like it has nothing to do with the no stand he's just standing there but somehow it all co- it like becomes part of the story like isn't that funny the that standing when he's not supposed to be standing right. you know <laughs> it's like you know and i mean and then there's another photograph i absolutely love of a guy that's sitting in a wheelchair. That's all blinged out. And he looks like he's um, in the (laughs) Bowery or something like that in his, his wheelchair. And he Uh just looks like so much money and so (laughs) important. And it's not just about him, but every little detail on this in this photo is a story. It is just such an amazing, like just piece right there and one and all of them are like that. You know, that's kind of overwhelming. And so your art is now start your art, your
1: photography is being noticed. Women on the street and um ICP, how does it feel (laughs) to be recognized and getting getting mm -hmm.
2: um passed around and noticed? It feels good because it means more people see it. Like Mm -hmm. the whole point of taking the photos is to share them with people. Like that I think is the the driving impulse for me it's like a it's like a double thing for me it's that it's my creative outlet like I I have a place to put that energy that I have it's also this desire for connection and and by taking a photo of something I'm I'm choosing this frame because I want to share it with people because I think there's something there there's a, you know the The person is interesting. The scene is interesting. There's some kind of story there. And, you know, that's, I hope that people see them and get something out of it, whether it's just, oh, that's a nice, that's a pretty picture. I like that image. Or like, I wonder, I wonder about that person in the photo. Like, I wonder why they're dressed that way or why, you know, what what is the story behind it? So I like that. Those those are the two impulses that I have that, that meet. Well, the, thing, my the
0: thing that's so great okay so now back to the theme of this podcast lost in jersey so what's so great <sighs> is what you're explaining about the growth of your art you, the growth of your own personal endeavor through raising a family and having a you know all this happening and the evolution of your work and the the proximity to the city you know that you actually ended up right. having this really wonderful connection that you can we can all see the city skyline from where we live it's not that far <laughs> it's you know and um, we all like try to
1: 13 and a half miles or 13 something. and a half
0: miles and it's like you know how we're always like <laughs> not that I'm counting there's a classic <laughs> classic thing that all people do that live here is like when we're hanging out in the city and you make it home really fast you have yes. to text the people that you were with
2: to let them know how fast yes. you got home. Like, <laughs> absolutely. One time we made it back from Radio City in twenty minutes. Whoa. I know,
0: and you had to let someone know. <laughs> you know, like yes. I know you're still on the subway heading to, um, you know, Bed Stuy, but I'm already but home. I'm home i'm, I'm home bed. i'm in my i'm I'm <laughs> in my jammies I'm here what you're already home I mean, you're just like yes, yes, it's not that bad, but uh so I love that part that you have this you know career that still flourishes in photography uh, you know where the
1: subject is the city
0: while you live in New jersey
1: right but I wanted to ask yeah, Sandra, I found that yeah. Oh, it's just about like during COVID when I know you couldn't get get to the city and nobody could really get anywhere. I I remember some of those um, initial photos of like birds and um, you know <laughs> nature outside in Jersey. Yeah, how did you feel when it COVID forced you to shift focus to Jersey?
2: It was hard. I, one of the things I wanted to say about why I can't take pictures in Montclair. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can, and I do, I did it for years for for all the events. So that might be part of it. Like I've taken so many pictures in Montclair, of Montclair people. but in the schools, um, and for all the- And in the schools, and and at the community events. For sure. Yeah, like if we, if there's like something big happening in town, I'm drawn to it. I was at all those protests. I was at the Pride Festival. Like that gets me out. But when I walk around with my camera, one of the problems is, is that I know too many people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, for street photography, anonymity is an advantage That's and interesting, it, you yeah. know, it changes the nature of it. If somebody's going to turn and wave to you while you're trying to get a stealthy picture, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also there just aren't as many people out and about walking around. So it's just, mm-hmm. it's just different. And I think so. It, it, and I also think I need I need a shift to happen. Like when I'm going into the city to shoot, like you know, I'm shifting into like my zone. Artist, artist so, mode. You're leaving your mom's skin at home. Yeah, and then you're like more in yeah, artist. Yeah, I wish I could find a way to integrate it that. a little better. But for now, I still need that separation. Yeah, and it's fun for me. Mm-hmm. It's very satisfying to have something that's mine. It feels like. Yeah, that makes that that's so interesting. I so, get that. But back to New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, I get more photos out of a of a day if it's not Montclair, yeah, <laughs> because it's too familiar. It's it's. I need. I, I'm someone who needs a lot of visual stimulation, and you know, different people, different sites, things that I don't see every day is kind of what I have my eye out for. Go to Jersey City. I love. And I've been going there more often in the last couple of years. Asbury Park is another place that I love to go shoot. Also because there's so many different kinds of people in both of those towns. It's uh, more vibrant and fun. And that's just something that I need. I'm not interested in telling stories of the small moments every day because i feel like i did that for years and years and years <laughs> yeah you did
0: i got you to do a window with me at studio montclair um art studio here that it really supports artists here we have a lot of museums here and a lot of art stuff here too specifically that i know of is the montclair museum and mm-hmm. we can both hope to be in it one day right Shonda? Oh, you will <laughs> Yeah. Shonda before (laughs) me, but one day maybe, right? they do a a local art,
2: do a local artist. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What the hell? Why not? Let's do it. They did used to do that. They used to do that. I remember.
0: But another place that really does support uh, the local artists is the uh, Studio Montclair, which is an amazing little place that I didn't know about till Um, We were all going through COVID. And a friend of mine who does do these um, critiques there that on every Tuesday night, they hold a a critique session that you can call in, you have to register, you have to be a member, it's not very expensive. And you go online and you do, um, you sit with other artists, I think the maximum is eight that they present their artwork on Zoom and other artists critique it. It's amazing. So I first learned about it that way. And then they're very supportive, but they also will give you constructive p- feedback. So then that they have exhibits there and you can submit, but they also let you exhibit if you book uh, early enough in their windows, <laughs> right? And yes, I got Shonda- I'm going to do
1: that. We're no. gonna do that. We're
0: gonna be window to window.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! So then, Jeanette, you should yes. explain that you're a painter. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> painter.
0: I'm a painter. We could talk about me uh, some other time. But yes, I'm an amazing painter <laughs> of lots of lines. Yes. Like this I is just true. so many excessive amounts of lines I can paint. Anyway, um, but the great thing is, Shonda, your dad is a window uh, stager, right?
2: Yes. Uh, I think display artist, I think. Is that is what it's display. called?
0: Okay. So <laughs> when you helped me do that window, it was like, it's a, it's a, it's a skill to be able to do a window Correctly. Absolutely. And yeah. she did it, she did a fabulous because I had really large pieces and like, you know, a, a quarter size pieces. And just her standing back there going, put this one here, put that one there. <laughs> it turned out fabulous. It I looked was, amazing. I was so proud of it. It, it does it just turn out good. So it we're did. gonna have to get your dad to come and do it for you. What you yes. do my window okay. layout and I then think he your- could
2: probably help both of us, but yeah. your
0: dad'll do. can he do do just simple like or does he need to have like a model Uh, in there (laughs) oh
2: no no he can he can do anything he's he's very visually gifted and and that's been an influence on on me my whole life Mm -hmm. both my parents are artists and they've been a tremendous influence on me and you know that's this is just what these are our family values you know (laughs) it's uh, art art above all else art and music are like the The essence of us, I think. Well, so how
0: extent. do you feel about exhibiting your artwork in this? Uh, uh, I think it's going to be in the su- late summer. How do you feel about it? Have you, because you did it, you saw I did it and you were like, Oh, yeah. it was easy. Yeah, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I you just, don't love it though. You don't really love showing your art. Do you?
2: I do. It's funny. I, I just don't have a lot of experience in it because because Instagram gives me a place to show it, and I I do. My husband and I have this argument all the time, and he's like, "I really think your your photos need to to be printed and and shown big, and so people can spend time with them." Yeah, and I'm like, "But I'm reaching so many more people through Instagram, and I'm okay with that." I, 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 I feel like if you too, but- if you put them in a a gallery. Uh I love going to gallery, so i I'm not anti gallery in any way, but I just feel like more people are gonna see a post on Instagram than if I printed this out and hung it on the wall somewhere. but I yeah. do like how he said that you could spend more time with it, yeah, because I
1: think that <laughs> when I look at your photos on Instagram, there are some like if i'm if I'm not busy i can and I can sit with one mm-hmm. and really look at it and make it big or like look at it then i go onto my computer and look at it big it's just so there is so much in every photo i wouldn't say they're exclusive of each other you do that for sure instagram and then that will that's what will be exciting for you to have a window is to have big photos for people to spend time with
2: the other the other issues for me are that it's expensive to print photos, yeah. uh, I would I would have them printed by somebody for me and framed. Framing is really expensive; like it's mm-hmm. hard to find decent, inexpensive frames. So that has been prohibitive, and I also struggle with the fact that most of my photos are street photos, and. I have a hard time imagining that like someone would want to buy this for their house, you know, like they might be interested in it and like, like to look at it, but they don't want to put it up in their house, which I don't know if that's true or not, but, and I don't know how much is my own insecurity and how much is, how much truth there is in that, but, um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I haven't printed many at all ever, mostly because of the, the expense of it. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm missing, but maybe, maybe there's something there, and I'm gonna print yeah. them for this studio, Montclair. So, that's a good, it's a good test. Yeah, yeah I mean, a, I it'll be that... just a good exercise. It is yeah. right before COVID hit. I was gonna do like a one day. I remember uh, I was do an that. Artist talk with my friend um, Armando Diaz, who is a photographer in Montclair. Um, he was gonna interview me. We were gonna talk about street photography, um, but the COVID hit and everything got canceled, but it was the first time I was going to make prints of my work. So I made a few test prints and now they're in the back of a closet. And <laughs> I it have
0: happens. Like, all of the things that you said are true, but there's still something so satisfying of hanging your art up and walking away <laughs> and letting it just be there for yeah. others to see. There's just, Whether they buy it or not. And it's so terrifying, too, because you're like, people are going to walk by and go, uh, or whatever. One thing, though, no one will look at your photographs and say, you know, uh, I mean, they're all so fantastically interesting. You know, there's just no way around it. You know, painters have another battle, you know, especially, you Mm -hmm. know, people like certain things and don't like Mm -hmm. certain things. Um, Somebody told me once they went to um, the coffee shop where I had some of my stuff up at local, which we can talk about at another time, which is a great coffee shop locally that supports (laughs) the arts. Um, But uh, they were like, we came to see your art. We loved it. It It's so great. But I brought a friend there that said she just didn't like this tile of art. (laughs) (laughs) but i actually adored the honesty (laughs) i loved i loved that they told the truth you know i mean i was like because you of course there's so much stuff we see out there that people but that is funny though to be like they didn't like it they didn't like it (laughs) she was like i like i like Art where you know you can tell what it is, and it's a you know a field, yeah. and a, or you know flowers, and you know yeah. and I was like
2: definitely but, but not that even self. comes in that comes into play with photography too, though. Like some people, uh, I I notice when I have a photo that's like somewhat like fashiony looking, like you know a pretty girl in a pretty dress or something. True. That's and that tends to get more likes, you oh. know. And if it's a you know right uh, right yes, an older yes. black man in a wheelchair you know people might you know be like why am I looking at this and 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 my hope it I, I'm putting it out there for a reason because I want right. you to look at it and I want you to think about it and and uh I think I, yes. I, I do feel that difference and and sometimes I'm like should I just take pictures of flowers and birds maybe well, no but that's no, okay so Yeah, but the thing is, that's,
0: that's, I think the always the struggle, right? For anybody that's doing anything that's going to be like, for other people to art, right? I mean, and yes, I think that there's definitely people that will look at some of your paint, some of your photography and be like, yeah, I I don't, I love it, but I wouldn't buy it because I don't know where I'd put it, right? I mean, that, but that's the same Mm -hmm. with all art, you know, like, you know, it's that's, you know, but it's still just, I'm very excited that we're doing this together. I think it's going to be so much fun and we'll have to do a repeat podcast to like promote it. It's absolutely. Well, that is, you know, depending on
2: a lot of things. There's a lot. Well, that's what I was going to say. I did. I, the, I've never had my photos hung in a gallery. I had, um, some of my paintings once, uh, hanging in, a in the parish art museum, which was a huge, oh. thrill, it was a, it was a juried exhibition. And I also had my student film from senior year of college played, uh, at the parish art museum as well in a wow. juried show Amazing, um, a long time ago. Um, but I had forgotten like how thrilling it is to see your work in a, in a gallery space. Um, and, Seeing this, uh, I participated in a hashtag challenge that the International Center of Photography did during COVID when we were all locked down, and and photographers were sort of a lot of us were just out of sorts and and freaking out and not knowing where to turn our cameras during that time. Um, and the the hashtag was ICP Concerned. And it was just anything that was related to what was going on in the world at the moment, which was predominantly COVID. And COVID in in, in New York City was especially rough due to how many people were affected and how many people were lost and how many businesses were shut down. It was such a challenge to make work at that time. And this hashtag let people just hashtag their photo on Instagram that was related in some way. And they chose, I forget how many thousand, like a, a, a lot of photos, <laughs> I think a couple thousand photos, and they had an exhibition uh, of, of all the work that came out of that. Um, that that they selected and they put it up in the international center of photography so i got to go see my photo uh hanging in this exhibit and it was pretty thrilling and it was a really meaningful it was was a a... really meaningful project because it was the all of us coming together and and seeing everyone's points of view and it was really special in that way
0: it's amazing. It was the upside down flag, right? Or the, the
2: flag. Yeah, it was yeah. A, my photo was a woman, uh, a black woman in the bus, bus, looking out the bus window over the backwards American flag. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the buses have that backwards flag on them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she had a mask on and she and I just made eye contact. And it was like one of the first times I made eye contact with someone, you know, in the post COVID world or the present covid world (laughs) there was a connection someone put together this kind of a show with with everybody's perspectives and and all different everybody's experiences all collected together and they just kind of printed the photos out and pinned them on the wall um so they it was very uh it just felt very organic and you know it was a lot to look at a lot to take in but also very powerful it's been like an
0: honor to go through some of this journey with you over the last, I don't know how many years we've been friends now, like, so like 14 years, I think it is. I think because, that's right. Yeah, about 14 years and Rachel, you longer. And um, so the thing that we are excited is that you're on this podcast is to also um, have people, you know, come and see your art, see your photography on Instagram what is your Instagram
2: handle? It is at Hall Shonda, H-A-L-L-C-H-A-N-D-A. And I'm (laughs) kicking myself. I I never like came up with a cool Instagram name. (laughs) I feel (laughs) like that only helps, but I do regret not changing it at the time, just because I like names and, and words and and I'm just you do with captioning. your captions as well. I love captions. The- oh yes, yes! I, I forgot.
0: You're like a master of like <laughs> titling. <laughs> thank you thank you. really I, Are I, I,
2: it, it's a fun challenge. I always oh. think, oh, I'm I'm not good with words. I'm not. Oh. I'm a visual person, but I'm actually not that bad, especially when I'm writing. Speaking, You're very good. Speaking is a different story. as No. As we not know at from all. today's podcast. But uh, yeah. uh, I'm not used to talking, so.
1: But well, writing,
2: I feel like it can do, and I have fun with it. And and people I think people like the captions. We do. Yes. We love the we love
1: the captions and it also shows your sense of humor. Right.
2: Yeah. Nice, yeah, yeah. Good. I'm glad you get that from it. It's a
0: it's a it's it's actually very hard and I can't do it at all. So I'm massively impressed with your ability to Thank name.
2: You. These
0: yes. thousands of photographs. Yes, all I usually
2: place. I post at least one a day, sometimes more, um, but it's also just as an exercise for myself to keep engaged. The other yeah. thing that's weird about the way that I take photos is people think that, oh, well, you're in the city all the time and <laughs> actually not. I go like maybe once a month, maybe these days a little more often now that my kids are older, but. Not as often as you think, and I take hundreds, sometimes thousands, of photos in a day. Like I, I really maximize my time because mm-hmm. that's how I had to do it. Uh, the the street t- photography came about with me sneaking photos when we'd be, you know, on a family trip somewhere, or you know, we go into the city for the day to do some activity, and I'd be sneaking street photos on the in the process and it just sort of developed from there and then to the point where now I go into the city to shoot for a half a day um but I will take thousands of photos sometimes in a day I know and I've then and, and then I before. dole them out over the next few months like especially after that first summer of COVID like you never know what's going to happen so like I like to have a. a A back catalog. What is it? What is it
1: like for you in the editing process? Like you had, like you said, you take like a thousands of photos and then to sift through them. Do you get a cup of coffee? Do you sit and like (laughs) with and snuggle on the couch? Or do you have like how do you do it?
2: I I usually start every day for a couple hours editing photos. Um, I I like to do it on the iPad because I can sit on the couch and the iPad just works really well for it. Um also editing for Instagram. So I use I use a program called Snapseed, um, which is very simple and easy and quick. Um I I I've not done prints yet. So I'm not printed large. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that will change if 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 I start uh if I start doing more and going more in that direction. Um but I I enjoy the editing process. It's like a treasure hunt sort of. Um, usually, you know like I will come home from a day in the city and i'll I'll know which were my favorite shots I took that day or my favorite scenes that I saw, yeah, um, but uh, it's just fun, like I just went found a batch of photos that I'd taken in August that I never really went through, so i you know it's just fun and pick stuff out and I just have fun with it, and I edit the photos. I don't necessarily do black and white or color or sometimes I desaturate things a little bit. It just, for me, it's always about what works best for this particular photo. I'm not mm-hmm. that interested in like having one style. Like for me, it's always wh- about what works best for this particular photo. Yeah.
1: To
0: wrap up the, this fabulous
1: conversation. Oh my gosh. Shonda.
0: <laughs> What's more oh. important. Okay. In- And ending this uh, episode, (laughs) what's more
1: important is
0: is understanding where is it that we usually meet for lunch and brunch (laughs) in this fabulous town of Montclair. Oh, we have
1: to
2: give a shout out. Well,
0: that hasn't been for a while.
2: Where did we? The traditional tradition
0: is Raymond. Yeah, we usually meet at Raymond's for lunch on
1: Church Street.
0: Or or toast. We have done toast before.
1: Okay, uh, you guys. Usually Raymonds. I'm going to give a, a, a cute thank you that when I moved away for a little bit and I was so sad a lot um, that you guys went to Raymond's and you took a and sent it that. to me yeah. so that I wouldn't feel left out. I really appreciated that. That's <laughs> right.
0: That's right. We did. We did. Well, it's been a wonderful treat with whatever to have this conversation with oh my you. Gosh. we'll treasure it forever and That's there actually amazing, is gonna Shonda. be some follow-up how do we end our podcast conversations now what do you guys suggest is a good way to <laughs> end our podcast um like a sign off yeah what's a sign off maybe oh my god get lost. Yeah, get lost yeah i mean, get lost get lost
2: see you are so good with words <laughs> get lost is funny it is funny and it is a sign off we
1: probably should say it with a jersey
2: accent (laughs) well that is your department i can't do accents and yeah i I, I i'm not like i was not born on long island so i don't have the true long island accent
1: you say lost Lost. okay Jeanette. okay you say it get lost
2: no i I can't do get lost i mean i
0: have an accent and it supersedes any ability to do another accent
1: <laughs> i have the texas accent going <laughs> we should maybe ask if you have a favorite coffee shop or a favorite place is that alienating other places no no i think you know. it's i, think, I have I, th-
2: I have my favorite places in Montclair. okay so how about we say like, okay good okay, let's, let's i think well, it's yeah, good to have people recommend. tell us my favorite coffee place just like well what are is, is there okay. some place that you would recommend that you really like two of my favorite things about Montclair Mm -hmm. not food places I I like a lot of the food places I'm not going to play favorites there okay Um, what is something you love about Montclair I I love the Montclair Art Museum Mm -hmm. I love it it's awesome the the programs for the kids in the summer are great but just the regular the shows like I the last few years have just been really really great and I love having a museum in our town and I love all the events that they put on and um you know just a little culture oh wait wait, wait, Um, wait but I also the other favorite place in Montclair is the Montclair Public Library I, yes, yeah, I, I love the, the library. library. I remember that was one of the the selling points for my mom when we moved here from Brooklyn because she loved the whole Brooklyn thing. Uh, she loved that vibe. So she was devastated when we said we were moving here. So the first thing I did was checked out the library and I was like, oh, you're going to like the Montclair Public yeah, Library. It's amazing. It's amazing. amazing. And you can, they have so many art and photography books. But the best part is that you can borrow books from any other library in the system in New Jersey. I know. I and was amazed when I first found that out, and I said, "Oh, I, you don't have this book,"
1: and and they said, "Oh, it doesn't matter. We'll just get it from yes. you know, yeah. Edison it's or awesome. wherever."
2: It's been so great. Um, they also have a great cookbook selection. <laughs> I didn't even well, know that. That's a good yes, thing and you can get any any basically any book that you want to read you can get it from another library but it's it's just awesome and then also i don't know if people know this that you can now borrow museum passes at the Montclair public library for for museums in the city wait what do you mean you can borrow museum passes to go to the museum oh from I the library i've never heard of that yeah cool for, for museums in the city well good it's to know cool. Oh, so
0: I have one other idea, you guys. Mm -hmm. So we spend so much focused on where we live, Montclair. Mm -hmm. Is there something outside of Jersey wide that you really
2: think is amazing as well? I love Asbury Park. I really do. I think it's really fun. I love the energy of it. Um, uh, That's just the place that I gravitate to. Partly because it's, there's just a, you know, there's a boardwalk there and mm-hmm. interesting people walk by all day long. <laughs> so yeah, for me as sense. a street photographer, it's, it's fun and interesting and never a dull moment. Um, and they also, I love all the art stuff they, they do in Asbury park. Um, I yeah. love this, this thing called the wooden walls project where they have artists paint murals all over the boardwalk area. And they're great as like photo backdrops, but mm-hmm. there's so much more than that. That's um, so cool. They're cool. just always doing interesting stuff in Asbury Park.
0: Well, I have very much enjoyed this uh, talk it's interview. Been so good, and I look forward to us getting together for <laughs> in roach.
1: person. <laughs> until
0: then let's get lost in jersey <laughs>
1: let's get lost <laughs> get lost get lost i love All you right shonda you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. hi everyone it's rachel these are the end notes for today's episode okay everyone i felt strongly that i needed to explain what solid gold is because i fear not a lot of you may know what it is and it's really important for you all to know. It's amazing. It was a TV show that was on in the 80s, and it really did teach me how to dance. I know that sounds insane, but it really did. And it was amazing. Dion Warwick was a presenter. Marilyn McCoo, which, yeah, I know. I looked it up. Andy Gibb, Rex Smith, Rick Dees, Nina Blackwood, Arsenio Hall. Come on, people. This was amazing. Yes, I'm reading from Wikipedia, but seriously, also Soul Train. Yeah, come on. There was a lot on TV that was solid gold. If you looked at it, you would see they had different risers. And if you were the girl or the guy on the top riser, you made it. So for your appreciation on our Instagram, I will show you and post a link to Solid Gold Dancers so you can see what I'm talking about. So head over to our Instagram account, lostin.jersey, and you can see solid gold for yourself, which is amazing. I'm also going to post in a shout out for Miss Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. I couldn't help myself. There it is. And of course, you'll be able to see Shonda Hall's incredible photography. So come on over to our Instagram and take a look. Bye. This podcast was produced by Rachel Martens and Jeanette Afsharian. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and Buzzsprout. Thanks for listening. See you next week.